This morning, I want to talk about the ten, ten commandments of marriage. I, I will not finish them. I, I want to declare that ahead of time. And even though I call them the ten commandments of marriage, they will apply to all relationships, married, single, divorced, uh, widowed, uh, still hunting, <laughs> new couples, old couples, those who feel they're okay, they don't want to marry at all, everybody. Because somehow God takes marriage and really compares it with the relationship he had with the children of Israel and in the New Testament with us. In fact, in the Old Testament, he said to them, I'm married to you. And he uses many similes and metaphors to designate this marriage that one of the prophets, God led him and guided him to marry a woman who was not faithful at all. She kept leaving him and he would go and hunt for her and bring her home. She'd stay for one night and then she'd be gone. And when the prophet prayed, says, Marangulunkulu Ganja, how do you lead me to marry this woman? Look what she's doing to me. God said, I wanted you to feel my pain of what my people Israel here are doing to me. We are in a relationship, but this is how they treat me because I'm married to you. So even in the New Testament, the verse that they will be reading for you as you're getting married in Ephesians 5, husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church, gave himself. <laughs> but at the end of that verse, Paul says, but I'm not speaking about marriage. I'm really speaking about Christ and the church. And so the, the marriage covenant speaks so much about our marriage to God, speaks so much about our relationship. So when the people of God came to Mount Sinai and God gave them the Ten Commandments, these Ten Commandments were actually guidelines to nurture a healthy relationship. Because see, relationships become good because we make them good. Relationships become good because we put something into them. Don't just think that because you can't breathe when you see him, that's all there is to keeping a relationship. You think that's all there is. Relationship needs to be worked at. My late father said at our reception, he said, Musa, love must be revised. Simply put, a relationship demand certain commitment. And so sometimes people have the idea that you can just check up together with no commitment. And then when the other person leaves, the other person says, but they're not committed. Committed to what? There was no bond. There was no covenant. You just said, look at your neighbor and say, why are you not laughing when you say, tatatala? But you see, relationships need certain things. And so, with the Ten Commandments that we're going to read today, I'm going to use those and extrapolate from those the principles that should guide relationships. As I said, whether it's marriage or you're dating somebody or whatever, whatever relationship, these ten things, I may not cover all of them, will guide relationships. And as I was preparing and reading this, I remembered my church as I grew up. When my minister used to read this, there was always a, 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 a special portion in the program where we read, Melawele Shume. And I thought, I'm going to read it like him. Melawele Shume. Arabalem Bukaya Exoda. Kolokia Mashuma Amabedi. Hotlo Hatemane Nyapili. Huisatemane Yale Shume Limitsu Esu. Memudimu Abua Limosha Are. Okay, I can see you are surprised what's going on. Let me change. Let me come back to my normal voice. 
I'll read it to you in the NIV Bible. If you have it, Exodus 20 from verse 1. And God spoke all these things saying, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take my name, the name of the Lord, your God, in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless, guiltless who takes his name in vain. Verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But on the seventh day in the, is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You, nor your sons, nor your daughters, nor your male servants, nor your female servants, nor your cattle, nor the stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Just as a, as a parcella. Has, it's got nothing to do with my sermon. I, I, one husband and wife were actually talking about this, and the wife was saying, yeah, you see, the way we are so special as women, when God created us, after he created us, he could do no better, he rested. Our girls, come on. He said God was so good, you know. After he had created the woman, he rested. And the guy says, yeah, but man has never rested since. Some of you, it will take you seven weeks to find out what that means. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, washed it, and he hallowed it. Verse 12. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. <clears throat> Nor his male servants, nor his female servants, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Just as there are, just, oh, okay. So just as we have read these principles, Bazalona, these ten principles were meant to protect our relationship with God. They were meant to protect our covenant with God. In the same way these principles will work in terms of our covenant relationships here on earth. Therefore, the guidelines we find that went with God are the same guidelines that are very similar. So you can somehow take the Ten Commandments that have to do with God and put them side by side with the Ten Commandments we must have. And that's why I want to call it simply the Ten Commandments of Marriage. And then let me repeat, even though I call them the Ten Commandments of Marriage, they will apply to the married, the single, the divorced, the widowed, those who are going to get married, those who don't want to get married, those who don't think it will, whatever, whatever. And so this principle think, talks simply of healthy relationships. Number one, somebody say number one. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's commandment number one. We find that in verse three, it says, you shall have no other gods before me. Here's the commandment in marriage. Thou shall have no other lovers in your life. Your spouse should be your one and only. You must be committed to only one person. Unfortunately, we are living in a world that is promoting non-committal. In fact, they're trying to tell us that it's almost impossible to commit to one person. In fact, some of them advise that, why don't you spice up your relationship? Why don't you have an open relationship? Why don't you go into swinging so they want to tell you it's impossible to form a great relationship only with one person. But let's tell the truth, Barcelona. We all just want to be the one and only. Let's tell the truth. I don't want to be shared with anybody. Do you? I mean, outside of God, I don't want my wife to share me with anybody. And Oscar is a fellow of Musheba. 
I remember we were once in one of our branches some years ago, and some, not too long, some few years ago, and, 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 and there was this young guy. None of us, honest, I've talked about it if we were laughing about it. And, and, and I think that guy had a crush on my bishop, right, guys? I must be honest. <laughs> Come on, guys. I was once young. I'm old now. And, and, and I, I, when I grew up, I used to have a crush on my teeth. I'm, I'm so oof. <laughs> Forgive me. I, I, I withdraw. <laughs> I used to have a crush on my teacher. So I know young love. <laughs> I know young love when I see it. No problem. So I could see this guy has a crush on my bishop. So here I just was. I'm the guest speaker. I've just preached. So after the service, he comes and talks to us. We are standing there, two of us. So he comes and stands with us. He greets me, but I see the way he greets my bishop, Kawana Reha, this boy. <laughs> so he, he, he whips up his phone, and I know he's going to take a selfie, so I start posing, Karen, no bishop, I thought, you know, this boy get a monster. I'll kill him and I'll pray for him afterwards. But nobody wants to be shared. See, when God created, when God made Adam, created Adam, he, he, he took Eve out of him. Only Eve. He didn't take out Eve. God didn't do that. <laughs> it has to be a warning sign if you are dating somebody right now and they are always having multiple partners. And when their phone rings, they hide it. And they don't want you to look at their cell phone. Because the WhatsApp, I see some of you, the way you are behaving, where you are sitting, I wish I could come and, be, and stand next to you and say, hey, guilty as charged. <laughs> but Anana, if we don't learn to develop commitment, now, I know, sometimes the first person you meet might not be the one you marry. I don't, I don't, I understand that. Okay, so you, <laughs> I hear a hearty amen that's coming from the back. Hey, you were relieved to shut. work with the first one or the second one. I'm not in any way against that. But there's people who have three at a go. Four at a go. Where's Ashoske Bakopan? And the world is trying to tell us, be at peace with that. When you say no, you are insecure. God says no. You, are, you shall have no others. You shall have no others. You shall have no others. Come on now. Come on now. Marriage and a good relationship demands a, a commitment to the person. Good and bad alike. Good days, bad days. Troublesome days, you've got to stay with that person. You've got to figure out to stay with them. Yeah. When we marry you, Barcelona, you, you should never allow the word divorce to come into your vocabulary. Now, I know there have been cases when that happened because people were abusive and whatever. You know, case abuse and others, we understand those. But for the most part, when people part sometimes, they could really sort things out. But you know, today, people are so quick to say, Naketamu divorce. On idibale. Forgive me, guys. <laughs> Go into a relationship with the mind to stay. With the heart to stay. And don't make room for backdoor. Tell three people, don't make room for backdoor. <laughs> Tell another one, don't make room for backdoor. Tell the other one, don't make room for backdoor. And don't start admiring other people that are not yours. Huh? Huh? Work on your own relationship. Okay. Commandment number two. You shall not make for yourself a carved image. Any likeness or anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Watch it. Visiting the iniquity of fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation to those who hate me. 
but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. Here's commandment number two for marriage. Thou shalt have no affections or priorities which displace your spouse. You know, sometimes we, we throw ourselves so much into stuff that our relationships are never what they ought to be because something else has taken control of our attention. Can be work, can be a hobby, it can be children, can be something. And we lose that discipline of being together. There's nobody who wants to be in the place where they are substituted. You always want your loved one to say, you are my number one. But sometimes we, we unfortunately in the process of time get into that habit. When we are able to do it, we're not able to do it all the time, but when we're able to do it, when we take time to pray, you know, it's just one of those times that becomes so good in the home where you are there and you are present and you don't have other things that as a substitute. You know, somebody lied to us when they told us that technology is going to improve our lives. We was robbed, comrades. We was robbed. Because what has happened is that instead of technology making our lives easier, it has made us to be occupied 24-7. When you look at people, they're always on their phone, always on the internet, always on television, that unfortunately we've come to a place where even when people are sitting together, I was in Hong Kong once, and I couldn't believe these young people who were sitting around the table, they had gone out for dinner. I think there were 10 or 15 of them, if I'm not wrong. And, and they were sitting together, sitting together. And every one of them was on their phone. Yeah. They, imagine they're, they're, talking to, they're, having, they're talking to a friend whom they can't see. They're talking to your friend. I get a little bit friend. Give friend. I get a You must like them, and it's a friend, and so it's a friend. <laughs> but he has a friend who, who has a face and features, but they are not connecting with a friend. They are connecting with this friend, this virtual friend. So what, what is it doing? It, it, research is showing we, we are becoming people who are less communicative. And when you and if all you do is to talk with people through social media, you get to a place where you are desensitized to how they feel. Because when you're talking to somebody and you're looking at their face, you can tell if, if what you're saying is hurting them and you'll stop. But on, on, on Twitter, you can say whatever. Yeah? Yeah. So, you know, we becoming people whose lives are occupied. I remember, I think it's just a year ago or so, the one day I just remember this hit me, eh? I mean, I, I, I had several events for that day. I think there were four of them. And you know, sometimes you come under pressure. You want to ulo atenda inkai, ulo yakai, because you're really trying to share yourself, you know? So here I was, I had been to one event. I went to this one, this one, this one, this one, the fourth one. And then when I came back, I remember sitting at home thinking, you know, even if I was at all these events, I was never present. I was always sitting there on the edge of my seat, looking at my watch. I never even enjoyed what happened. You don't, even, you don't even care what it, what it tastes like because you have another appointment to catch. I get it you're hectic. And I remember sitting at home thinking, is this how I want to live? I'm still struggling with that. Because you're just never present. I've been to so many meetings where I arrived when the meeting was on and I left before it finished to catch another meeting. But you see, that's what, that's what is happening to us. Our staff knows. I don't want people who send emails at night. Please don't. And now when you meet me in the morning, you say, I sent you an email. What are you telling me? Are you telling me now? Not an email. I'm not going to read your email. Oh, I see you are quiet now. But you know, I feel so sad because this is what's happening in the work sector today. I feel so sad for some of you who have been promoted to a company, maybe you are the first black person in that position and, and when the job description you have, you have to travel, you have to go that way, you have to do this, you have to do this. You can see the way the job is designed. It's supposed to occupy you 24-7. So what happens? Work becomes our God. 
is substitute our wives, our husbands, our children, substitute everything. And yet, Basarana, research has shown when people come to the end of their life, when they are asked, if you had your life to live again, what are the things that you would do? Among the top five, one of the things they would say, I could have spent more time with the people like that. None of them said I wanted to be a millionaire. I, I could have tried to be a millionaire. Because you can sit there with all the millions and be the loneliest person. You can sit there in your posh house and be the loneliest person in the world. God said, thou shalt not have any other gods. Don't have affections and priorities outside of your spouse. Make sure that you don't have those substitutes in your life. Work is good. Hobbies are good. But balance is the main word, which we all struggle with, myself included. Very difficult. The world we live in, we are on, I mean, we, we, are, on, we are on the speed of Mark 2. Running and blazing out there at amazing speed. And we are more and more becoming work-oriented and less relational. You know. I've said it in the past, and I know I might be criticized for it, but I've advised couples, I've, you know, anyhow, that if it was possible for them to think very seriously about how they're going to raise their children in terms of spending quality time with them, you know. Because you see, what we do is then we, we, we have these kids and then we, they're always at a professional. And we're never there for them. And if we're there for them, we're hectic. See, that's why children love grandparents who are on pension. Oh, you don't like my sermon. You don't like my sermon. I'm trying to help here. I'm not trying to condemn anybody. And I'll plead guilty, number one, myself. Because grandparents are not rushing. When they're with the child, when the child is amazed at the flower. Then he says, what is it? Can you smell it? I get the space has slowed down now. <laughs> what happens? I run. I run. And so other things take our time and take priority in our lives. Look at your neighbor who's not so happy and say, well, you'll smile in a short while, but it's not yet time. Commandment number three in verse seven. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. This speaks of blasphemy. You know, today when you watch these movies, they, they use the name of the Lord so badly. People will say something that's not nice and everybody's go, OMG. And what about Rukhakan? Babar OMG. <laughs> people will use the name of Jesus taking the lost name in vain you, you means using blasphemy using empty meaningless words without showing respect here's the commandment for marriage thou shalt not speak of your spouse in a dishonoring way and disrespectful way don't speak of them like that and don't speak to them like that one of the things that will kill a marriage is how we talk to each other in relationships. If you want to build a relationship, you've got to learn to say good things to one another. And let's be honest, Basalana, when we met, we used to say nice things to each other. The reason Umudu met is because he said nice things and she said nice things. Even if your hair was not perfect, they... <coughs> Even if your plans, guy, were not so great, there was some appreciation. Words can be the worst thing. You know, we are totally against any form of abuse. Never ever to encourage any form of abuse, physical abuse or whatever. However, you know, what I found very interesting, if someone can slap me, me, not you, slap me, you know, I'll feel the pain, but, you know, in a few weeks' time, I'll be all right here. But words that are spoken. 
Even if someone says, I'm sorry. They can lead them on for so long. Listen to what James says in James 3, 1 to 12. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church. For who we teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongue, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set the whole life on fire for it is set on fire by hell itself. See, Satan will move on your mouth to get you to destroy your relationship. Say things harshly. Tell them a piece of your mind. And God says you, you, you shouldn't do that. Verse 7, people can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. I'm still reading. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh and water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. You can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. So in short, Barcelona, words can build and words can destroy. And it's important in relationships that we make sure we, 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 we treat one another in a way to speak proper words. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So it's for us either to speak death to our relationships or life to our relationships. Ephesians 4.29, the New Living Translation says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. See, in relationships, no matter how, how bad you think she is or how bad you think he is, there's got to be at least one thing about them that's good. Yeah. And sometimes we don't even say anything about that part that's good. So in relationships, we can build one another through words or we can tear one another through words. One of the things I have insisted on in our home and we try to keep that is that, you know, as a leader, you go through so many things. And as a church leader, there are so many things you deal with. And one thing that we've committed never to do is to talk evil about people in the church, in our home. I don't want my kids to ever hear me. I want, all, I want them to think that you are angels. That's a faith statement. Oh, you don't want to clap now. You are angry with me. What kind of angel are you? You are not happy when I say you're an angel. Because one thing I learned is that if you are tearing down your pastor, how do you expect your child to respond to their preaching? If you are, if you are discussing your church with your unsaved family, what, what, what are you, you see, we, we don't even understand what we're doing. You know, this is why I really like our culture because it's just that we've moved away from it. In our culture, there are things that are doing more yeah. It struck me many years ago. And please take this for what I'm about to say, please. Don't read into it. Someone who passed on in, in one of the, the political parties, we actually didn't know their background, how they were born, the circumstances around their death, their birth rather. And we only discovered when they were buried I say, yo. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't be secretive, but, you know, there are certain things that in our culture, we just knew how to handle them. You don't know Tamaudi Pepesa everywhere. Don't 
go around telling people how bad your family is, how bad your wife is, how bad your husband is, how bad your parents are. Don't be demeaning to them. You are a fool. Yeah. Why did I, I don't know what happened to me to choose somebody like you. What, what on earth are you talking about? What on earth are you talking about? You are not like so and so. There are better women than you. There are more capable men than you. We don't do that, Bazaar. Words can be the worst destroyer of a relationship. At least second row, la utwa kirene. Le mama tsikilefa cancelling yano. Namlengo no charge. La basare amen, lo la le ring amen mo ne. Number four, and I guess this is how far we will go for today. How about you? Even if the other service by itself, ah, mara lo na mar. Aratlaleza maskela wara. Verse eight to eleven. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all the work, but on the seventh day is the Sabbath day of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. Nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them. He rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Somebody say, God made it holy. You know, the word holy, Barcelona, doesn't mean doesn't mean shiny, shiny, bling, bling. The word holy means set apart. Listen to me. Listen to me. The word holy means this is set apart. It's not the normal. I don't treat this as the usual. That word Sabbath, when God instituted the principle of the Sabbath. The word Sabbath means intermittent rest. God created us that if we are going to go on in life and do well in our lives, we need to have intermittent rest. The word Sabbath means to cease from labor. So God said to the Israel, look, you can work for six days, but there's this one day I want you, I want your undivided attention. On that one day, cease from labor. No email, no fax. Oh, fax <laughs> No WhatsApp, no whatever. No other thing. Only me. God is saying, I want you to have a special time for me. Watch. I want you to plan for it. Carve it out. Make it a priority. It shouldn't just... Create that time and let everything else revolve around that time. Ah, you're not hearing me. God is saying, I want you to have that exclusive time. I want us to have this extravagant time. See Tunji. So here we go, Bazalna. Commandment. Number four. Remember to schedule a date with thy spouse. Guard it to keep it holy. Six days you will labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day thou shalt relax and thou shalt recharge with thy spouse. You know what I'm going away for holidays is very helpful. Just taking time away is very nice. Liberty to fella is very nice. is very nice. What are you doing? When you do that, you keep the fires of romance burning. Strongly. You keep the love burning. Love must be revised. Marriage must be serviced. Relationships must be serviced. Liberate two failure. Yeah. Just the two of you. No other person. No third party. Lead two failure. So watch this, Barcelona. I'm, I'm hoping as December 8th. What is that? I'm hoping that you will carve out time together. I, I really encourage you. Particularly, maybe let me give you free, 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 free advice. Lunava second row. Hey, you chose a good day. 
Shababa. What we used to do, Lima Bishop, when our kids were small, you know, when you are at that time when the kids are small and they don't buy a crutch, you know, you, you can have holidays during the year. Because there's no pressure, there's no exams, if you can, just go away. Just go away during that time. It's even cheaper. Because as about Lavana, I tell you, things change. And as about who did a lot of but no, like independent. So, so why is that there? Go with them. Extramural activities, go with them. Just cover that time. Spend time as much as you can. Early days, build a, a strong, strong, strong foundation. Because as life changes and as things happen in life, we try, my bishop and I, at least May, we try our anniversary to go away. We're very busy. I mean, we, we don't get as much time. But just, you know, if there's one thing I remember every year, is that just one time. There's many times, but that one is special. I know ew, no invitation will ever take me away. It doesn't matter who invites me. The answer is no. No. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I really, I'll only change if, I'll only change if the Lord speaks from heaven and, 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 and shakes everything, and then I'll, but, but that one, that one, and I remember as many of them, we've been to so many places, yeah, there, that week read two fella, Banabayo, and nice thing, Fonu, Kotoko. I'm not working, my staff knows, you just don't ever call me. California, well, just do the funeral, okay, I'm coming next week. I know you may think that's insensitive. Just, just bury them. Condolences. You need to train the people. You need to train the people you are with at the times that you are not available. I had, to, I had to really battle for that as a young pastor. And I know this is unusual, you know. You know people used to just get crash at our house. My bishop will tell you, we had somebody come to our house 12 midnight. I jump a fence, say yes. How? Huh. 12 midnight. How? Huh. Utile for counseling. How? Huh. And I remember the lot of wife, the wife, Kiyomo. So we, so, we, so we just said to the people, look, I don't mind counseling you, but you can jump my fence and come here at 12 midnight about the counseling. And then next thing we know, Hana transport. Kara, oh, oh. Oh. So no, no, so to go transport. So I get to one eye, even if Mosadia Katseba, gets on a good traffic cop with a car one Hosen, they find me in a car with a woman. Get on ring. Ha! Shwashui and now barring. Ha! In a neighborhood, I had. To, and thankfully, you know, we have many people there who really are good, they, they understood, but there are those who didn't, you know. Some people are not even our church, people are, oh, can I, Rubano go TV? Odulakai. I can't exactly say those days, Kiri Kidula Mola, these days, Kiri Kidula Honai. No? Uwana Felava Lisabella, Twindung, out like him all. So, if all the, then people just come, just get crushed. You are sitting with your family next and so and they move, you are with people. And I know some of you, 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 you think you are judgmental to us, but when are we going to have time with our families? When are we going to have time? And some of you, you say, no, Kupabuel, when are 10 minutes? Tell the truth, 10 minutes are how? It's two hours. Yeah, those people, but how are we going to have time? one Next time, you know, you are trying to be sensitive. You can't stop them. Next time, Pastor Tain. I insisted and I said, listen, if you want to see me, I have an office. And I know I've been criticized for that. And I'll say that again. I have an office, I've got office hours, I've got a PA. You phone them, you make an appointment. If you want to well enough freestyling, after the service, I'll be there, Kopili. You can freestyle, you don't need an appointment. Mona Okata. Maraskato Jampa Fensayak. When I'm at home, I want to be at home. How was alone? How? Kurul runarakasitsa mele ko khaye fela ritsa mela fela. Ritsa mela fela. I won't explain. Rakasitsa mele fela because the Torah chakela how. Hakile ko khaka ke bato itsa mela fela. I want to be free. I don't want to hey kela member mola. Ai. Ha. Wasalan. Got that time. Guard that time. Do your best. It's, it's tough. It's a difficult balance. 
You know, as you grow, others go to school, others go to varsity, it just... But if you form the foundation, at least you left that sometime. Yeah. And as, you, and as you get older and your job increases, now we travel, you know, it, it just becomes so difficult. Just have that foundation. The one time I was sharing in the morning, I enjoyed the devotion time. So if it was possible, it's just not possible. But I'd advise you, if it's possible in your case, dinner time, sit around the table. If you can, switch that television off. If you can. Eat together. Ban all the cell phones. Is the section of the young people. You see the born freeze are complaining. Bless them, Lord. Bless my born freeze. They're all complaining. Yeah. Because some of you, you are eating with Shebile for Unukamu. You are busy talking to your friend. You are not talking to the people at the table. You are busy talking to your friend here. How do we anything to say? They have nothing to say. Hey! Chwada. I've already decided with my grandchildren I'm going to ban phones. If they come to see my say, if you're going to see grandpa, your phone, I don't want it. No, I've already made up my mind. If you want quality time with me, I don't want to see your phone. We can do without cell phones. Yes, Masana, we can do without cell phones. On Monday, I'm day off. I don't answer my cell phone on Monday. They know. Mondays, I'm phone like Arab. Because, you know, of the many platforms you are on, your phone rings like it's a call center. And then worst of all, then, is these people who got your number you don't know from nowhere. Mr. Shana? Do you want a cell phone package? No, I've got a cell phone package. Oh, we can give you a cheaper one. I said, I don't want a cell phone package. Oh, you haven't even given me a chance. I don't want to give you a chance, and I don't want to come, come, continue with this conversation either. Oh, no, we can make it easier. What's about king? I'm going to put the phone down if you don't stop. So these days, I have a private number. My phone, it doesn't have even voicemail. Either one taller or round taller. One of the two. Why should I? How? Why? Simple. Or otherwise, you'll end up not having a life. Some of you, you're not able to rest. You are never present. This is what I said. We are a generation that is never fully present. That's something. You are in something, but you are doing three other things at the same time. You are in a meeting, but you are doing this. You are talking to people, Maria, you are doing this. You are at church, Maria, you are busy texting right now. Yeah. yeah. And yet it's when you are this thing, you want, to, you want to send the latest WhatsApp. Facebook, you are just never present. And what happens? It makes our relationships to be surface relationships, shallow relationships. And the worst curse of this is that we become terrible at interpersonal relationships. We no longer know how to relate. We can't laugh anymore. We can't talk to each other anymore. And what's worse, we can't even read people's emotions anymore because we read a tablet before we read a human being. So we can't see when we're hurting somebody. So you see the things that people post the carelessness and the insensitivity, the things that people say about people and still justify that they've called somebody such and such. Can see it's a generation that no longer knows how to relate. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. We have just become machines. That's all we are. You know? I'll conclude, I'll conclude with this. I was, I was saying, you know, one of the things I, I, I always think about so much, you know, all of us, we have thoughts about our childhood, you know, it's, it's winter time when you used to sit around the stove at home and talk until two in the morning. No cell phone, no television. Just the radio. Leonite was off. Sit around the table, talk and talk and talk and talk. You know, it is those moments that make for a great relationship. It is not the Lamborghini you bought. Yeah. It's not a marathon sexual encounter that builds a great one. It's moments like that where it's just you and the person and you're just talking and other things are secondary. We need to cover out that time, Basalna. Even if we're busy, get busy, but have time when you're just the two of you. Just spend time. I would advise you young couples, take time to be together. 
Go away. It's a man and Leon Kankai. Like about for one day, he fell. Even if it's just a date, you are a dinner or somewhere. Just go sit somewhere. The first thing I do is you have nothing to say to each other. Yeah. Somebody said, if we check out the restaurant, you know they have been married for a long time. <laughs> when you see them looking at each other. When you see them looking at each other. But I pray that you become like that. Momako. Come on, give the Lord a big hand of praise. Come on, if this has been helpful, give the Lord a hand of praise. I just feel I need to say this, Bazalana, as I close. No matter where your relationship is, it can get better. Don't be discouraged. We, we all go through difficult times. All of us. All of us. But here's the thing. You are in charge of it. Don't go home and say, what is he going to do? What is she going to do? No. The question should be, what am I going to contribute? What is it that if you were to do, it would make your relationship better? We all know. We all know. Nobody needs to tell us. We all know. If I can just do this, it will... And that's the attitude people must get into marriage. It shouldn't be what is he going to do for me. No one is going to do anything for you. No one's going to make you feel good. The Bible way is what can I do? I used to do this as an exercise years ago when I used to counsel people. You know, they come and complain and complain. You counsel them. Jesus. Whoa. So I used to trick them. I'd say, okay, you write all the things that you want him to change and you want her to change. And they'd write a list, eh? several pages. All the things they must change. Then, then I'd say, you write the good things about them. And then they'd say, good things? i say, yeah. And then they'd bring five things. Then I'd say, then you write what, what you can do to make the relationship better. Oh, no. No, I'm just trying to get you out of that mindset that they are the ones who are guilty. See, we, we, we are very quick to see what the other can do. But what is it that you can do? And if you are here as a husband and wife, there's hope for you. Jesus Christ, God's word, the power of the Holy Spirit, God Almighty, will help your home. If you are in a home that's icy and cold, and you're fighting all the time, God can make that home better. Whatever relationship it is, you have a friend, and it's an icy, cold relationship, you can fix it. You can fix it. And God wants to do that for you. And one of the greatest relationships that God wants is to come into the lives and the hearts of people and make them to be their, his own children. Some of you are here, you've been invited, you've come on your own, but your heart is feeling emptiness. You want Christ to change you. You want God to transform your life. You are here today. I want to pray for you. Would you bow our heads, please, and close our eyes, everybody? Please bow your heads and close your eyes. Nobody moving, please, and nobody leaving, except the ushers who are helping us. I want to pray for you. I believe you didn't come here by accident. You came here by God's design. You came here because God wanted you here. You came here because God wanted to, to come into your life and bring about a change. In your heart, you can sense God speaking to you. Or you can sense in your heart, you know, I want my life to change. I, I don't want to go on like this. And I want you to know, you don't have to go on like that. There's room for you at the cross. God says to his people in the Old Testament, though your sins are as red as scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. God says, my hand is not short to save. My ear is not deaf to hear. 
God hears you. God is aware of you. He's seeking for a relationship with you. God is courting you today. God is wooing you. God's looking at you and saying, my beloved, will you let me into your life? I want to have a relationship with you. I want to have a relationship with you. Will you open your heart to God today? Will you say, please, Jesus, come into my life. I want to know you today. I want you to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. I'm tired of trying to handle my own life in my own strength. I'm failing dismally, but I know you can help me. Jesus, I ask you please to come into my life. If that is you this morning and you need prayer, would you please raise your hand right where you are? I want to pray for you. Just raise it high. I want Jesus to come into my life. Thank you for those hands. Raise them high. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. This is your day. This is your time. This is the place. This is the acceptable time. This is the day of salvation. This is the time of change. This is the moment of transformation. Please don't say no. Please don't keep your hand down when you should raise it. Please don't walk out of this place the same way you came. God is saying, I want to be your beloved. I want to come into your life. I want to forgive you all your sins and all your wrongs. I want to change you and make you a different person. Thank you for those hands that are raised. Would you please stand to those who have raised their hands. May you kindly stand, please, right where you are. Just stand on your feet. I want to pray with you. Thank you all over this place. Just stand. Just stand. Just stand. Oh, Jesus. I want to pray for you. This is the moment. The greatest moment of your life. Where God is about to come into your life, change you, and make you a child of God. No matter what it is that has gone wrong, God is about to fix it today. No matter what it is that people have said about you, God is about to erase all of that today. God is about to give you a new start, a new beginning in your life. I want to pray for you. I'm going to invite you to come, even those right at the back. Just walk all the way to the front. And as you come, don't leave any of your belongings behind, please. Take all your belongings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.